Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Four Toys, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Good morning. Brian Kelly, what's going on, my man? Not much, T.A. How are you? BK, I'm good. I have a lot to get to today. I do have, you know, I post on Twitter every morning my mm-hmm. lineup and one of our great listeners said blues question mark yeah like, what? Well, of course we always start the show <laughs> with a discussion with bk about the blues mm-hmm. almost always about the almost blues. always yeah and um it had been four months since they played a game and they looked like a team that was hungry in that first game i mean they got after it they won that game four to one they looked mm-hmm. awesome they outskated the avs Every part of that game was good. I mean, every single bit of it. And the goals being scored by people other than Mike Hoffman and Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, you get Oscar Sundquist in there on the second line. He scores twice. Kyle Clifford, who's supposed to be beating people up, <laughs> he scores. Uh, Jordan Cairo scores yeah, the second goal of the game. Yeah. You know, it was great effort, uh, great performance by Jordan Bennington. 26-27 shots stopped, and the Blues win the game. And it's like... You know, the narrative out there, of course, is who's the favorite now? The That's West, right. baby. This is our division. That's right. Yes. And then the reality of the NHL set in because on Friday night, the Blues looked awful. Yes. And the Avs uh, just skated circles around them. We're going to hear from Craig Berube in just a second here because I want you to hear his postgame comments. He's short to the point, not mm-hmm. angry necessarily, uh, outwardly. In, yeah. I'm sure he is inside. Mm-hmm. A little frustrated and disappointed. But you'll hear them. But your thoughts on the one-and-one St. Louis Blues. Get your uh, seatbelt on. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a ride. And and this is one of the interesting aspects of all these back-to-back games is it's kind of like a mini playoff series almost. And you know that, that Colorado came out. They're the favorites. They're feeling good, you know, and then they get slapped around. And they're going to come back, and they're going to be on their horses. They're going to they're gonna look to avenge that. And the Blues just were not ready for that pushback. And once it started going south, it went south in a real hurry. So now the question is, 
How do they rebound from that? And we'll find out that tomorrow night against a San Jose team that I watched a little bit yesterday and watched the Coyotes kind of just have some fun with them. And uh, so hopefully the Blues can have some fun tomorrow night too. But it really does leave you wondering. You, you saw how good this team can be, and you saw how bad it can be. So will the real Blues please stand up? I know. The Blues are going to be home for four uh, this week. They get the Sharks twice and the Kings twice. Those will be back-to-backs next weekend against the Kings. The Monday-Wednesday is the setup against the Sharks. It was 8 to nothing was the final. It was 4 to nothing, and I will admit that I walked away from the TV at the second intermission mm-hmm. and said, you know what, I think I'm going to start getting my night wrapped up a little early. So, you know, let the dogs out, kind of, you know, do a few things around the house, and then I'll keep an eye on it, see if they score again. And the next time I looked, I think it was 6 nothing. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah, I went to bed after the second period having to get up at 3 on Saturday, yeah. Yeah. and I woke up and saw a snowman. But not in the backyard. Oh. It was on the scoreboard, and uh, well, that was that was not a good good way to win. It's up. a good hockey team. We know that. That's what makes yeah. it more disappointing, and they, they've got to shake this thing off. Anyway, here's Craig Berube. I want you to listen to this and get your thoughts. Just a couple minutes. That's how long this press conference was with Craig Berube after the game. Craig, uh, why do you, what areas do you feel like stood out to you the most of why this one got away from you? Well, listen, we... We, we didn't come out with any enough urgency, obviously. They had way more urgency in the game. Um, we escaped the first period, but it never got better. Uh, you know, we talked about it, and we just didn't compete hard enough in a lot of areas. We lost puck battles. Um, I can go on and on. You know, we can't take all the penalties we take. You know, we give up six power play goals. I mean, you know. Disappointing, obviously, with Jordan, the way he played in the first period. Well, definitely, yeah. We let him hang out to dry, and, uh, you know, that's why I pulled him. Greg, Landeskog, uh, two 5-on-5 goals, he was, like, all alone. How how, how does that happen? (laughs) Because we don't stop and run and have good coverage. And on on one of the goals, we didn't go back and get the puck. The puck's laying there. We didn't go back and get it. They beat us to the puck, and they made a play out front. We're not... We didn't stop in our zone. We didn't play defense, uh, you know. So when you play a team like that and you don't check and you don't play good defense, it's going to go in your net a lot of times. They're high-end players, and it was a way too loose of a game all around. You knew, and you, you talked about it today, you knew they were going to come at you hard after Wednesday's game. So you you, you got to be a little surprised that you guys couldn't handle it uh, that well, right? Definitely. We You know, we talked about it before the game. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, you know, we just, I don't know, it just, we weren't there tonight at all. How about the, uh, the, the PK, you mentioned all those power play goals. Uh, uh, what kind of breakdowns did you see there? Well, it's just, it really boils down to puck battles on the PK, blocking shots, things like that, and we didn't do any of it. Craig, your captain says uh, this should serve as a wake-up call for your group. You expect them to uh, Definitely. Respond. Yeah, I do. It should be a wake-up call. It's a tough league, and you got to show up every night, and you got to compete every night, and you got to play the right way. You know, we're a structured hockey team. We play good defense, and uh, we didn't do any of that tonight, and that's what happens. Coach Craig Berube, after an 8 nothing loss to the Avalanche on Friday night, Blues had the day off yesterday. And practice is about to go down. It starts in about an hour or so, and that's why we're not going to have a live blues guest on the show because they're kind of lacing up the skates right now. Yeah, a little busy. Um, Would I go out on a limb by saying that today's practice might be a little little hard? I would think so. I would think so. Maybe a little work uh, on the PK. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe a little work on five on oh, five. Maybe so. a little work on everything. Well, you know, the first game, the the two hundred foot game. You know, it's a cliche, but it's true. Like when Barbashev is back in front of his own net, clearing pucks away, like he did a couple times on one shift. They they played that two hundred foot game, and as he mentioned in those Landis cards, that first goal, he was just he could have had a picnic lunch yeah. right there in front of the net. Uh, if you're playing a two hundred foot game, that doesn't happen, and so he, you know, you could see the difference in the effort. In between the first and the second game, and why that happens, uh, I don't know. But you know, and this is also, in a sense, maybe the first big test for Ryan O'Reilly's captaincy. How will he, as the captain, he's always been a leader, but now as the captain, react to what happened and the message that he will try to get through to his teammates? That's absolutely true. Robert Bortuzzo gets hit in the head. NHL didn't see a problem oh, with my it. Goodness! Uh, After the... they suspend Blay, are you kidding me? So. I mean, yeah, that's terrible. Uh, Craig Berube, right after the game, was asked about it. He thought that, uh, you know, it's a hit to the head. I mean, yeah. it's it's obviously something that the league should look at, and they did, and they've decided that there's no issue. That's a tough loss, too. It they is lose a tough Portuzo loss. for a while. Yeah, and, you know, I see where he had, he reversed at the last second, but the guy hit him way high, you know, and, and if he hits him down lower, it's not a big deal, but he hit him in the head, and that's a penalty. That's a suspension, and... Unfortunately, the league didn't see it that way. Jim Thomas has a quote from Doug Armstrong, who said, after talking with the NHL, I was told they feel this play is within the rules. Each year you allow the league to set the guidelines and you play within the boundaries. We now know the boundaries for this type of hit. Well, except when the Blues do it, or even other teams, when they do it again, it will be a suspension. So that inconsistency is what makes it very difficult to understand. That is the truth. Uh, So we have a big show lined up today. We are going to get to all things NFL here in just a moment and uh, across the board in sports. It was a very busy day. We're going to do that after the break. 10.30, Kobe Brown of Mizzou had a great game yesterday. Nine points, five rebounds, but much more than what the box score shows. He was all over the place. That's a big win for Missouri. They yes. go up to go down to Texas A&M and win 68-52 after being off for 11 days. Slew has been off for a long time, mm-hmm. and Travis Ford will join me at 10.45 to talk about how they're starting to get back into some workouts, but they still are dealing with quarantines, and there's a chance they may miss more games here this week. So we'll get an update from him on that. Yeah, the women play today. They we do play, play today. We were run. actually supposed to carry the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, slew women against Davidson, and we're unable to do that because of an issue on the Davidson side. Right. So slew women are they're playing Fordham today. Yeah, at 1 o'clock, and I keep an eye on my phone because a couple of weeks ago, or about a month ago now, it was canceled like, couple hours beforehand yeah so fingers crossed that the that the ladies be able to play today. absolutely they haven't been able to play you know for early december a long time yeah uh slew men haven't played for a no. month it's going to be a month by the time they play <laughs> so you know I, I wish the best to lisa stone and her team today for sure uh we will get into all of that and uh, then at 11.05 a bit of my garage happy hour with daryl strawberry Cool. who was really good. We'll also hear Dan McLaughlin visiting with the 2011 World Champions in the virtual winter warm-up. Danny Mack always does a great job with mm-hmm. that. Uh, John Mosellock's going to join us live at 11.30, and then we'll get you ready for the NFL games, which happen on KMOX. Actually, one of them is Chiefs and Browns today. How about the Buffalo Bills, man, winning that game yesterday? Can you imagine a Bills-Browns AFC championship game? <laughs> Two long-suffering fan bases. Oh, my goodness. I like, you know, I like the Browns, and uh, I'll be um, in my heart. Really, I, I can't lose today because I like the Chiefs. They're our partner, and, and we, mm-hmm. we love having them on the radio station. I've always liked the Browns since the Cardinals left town in 87. 
uh, I the, after the 87 season, um, I switched my allegiance to the Browns. I abandoned the Cardinals when they went to Arizona. I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I couldn't root for a team that left. And until the Rams came along in 95, I liked the Browns. And so, I, you know, I kind of came back to them when the Rams went to L.A. And the Browns fans are like, what are you talking? I reached out <laughs> to people on Twitter like, what do you know about suffering? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm a Blues fan. And they're like, you're not even close. Yeah. They're like, Blues fans, you guys get to go to the playoffs. Yeah. We, we've been sitting here watching this thing. Uh-huh. So I've kind of made friends with some Browns fans on Twitter. And so uh, we'll all be keeping an eye on this today. But if the Chiefs win, great. I mean, I, I would love to see a dynasty over there. I really would. And good for them. And then you have the Buffalo Bills who, who handed the Ravens a 17-3 loss. And we'll get into that here after the break. But the old Cleveland Browns. Yes. Yes. The Ravens. That's right. That's right. We will uh, take a – by the way, a, and the other game, of course, was Green Bay beating that team out on the West Coast that I don't feel one ounce sorry for. And mm-hmm. uh, next up for them is, uh, you know, having to deal with a, a court case. Yes. So That's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. Can't wait to see the details. It's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here yes. in 2021, if they even get to court or if they have to settle. Well, well, we're going to find out here this year. We will come back with a wrap-up of everything that's happening in sports and look ahead to a big show today on KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning. Thanks to Brian Kelly. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back after this. St. Louis is from KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. We have Kobe Brown of Mizzou Basketball joining us at 1030. Right now it's 1022. Yesterday, what a game, for a while at least, between Green Bay and the Rams. The call from Kevin Kugler on Westwood 1. Second and six at the 42. Rodgers goes under center with Jones, the single back. Play action. Rodgers sits in the pocket, flings it over the left side. It is caught by Lazard on the run at the 20. Up the middle to the 10, and he'll go into the end zone for the touchdown. Alan Lazard reaching out the fingertip grab, pulled in this time by the former Iowa State Cyclone to give the Packers a cushion. Up 31-18 with 6.52 to go. 58 yards for six. No, a beautiful, just beautiful thrown ball by uh, Aaron Rodgers. A beautifully thrown ball. Great touch on it. And he wins the game 32-18. The Packers beat the Rams. How about this? Aaron Rodgers is going to get the opportunity to play in an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field for the first time in his career. First time. He's had to go on the road for all of those. This will be special. It would be even better if there were... Uh, if there was a packed house at Lambeau. But anyway, Green Bay beats the Rams. Nobody around here is sad about that. Packers win the game 32-18. They set up a divisional playoff win and now an NFC championship game against the winner of Tampa Bay and New Orleans. So you're going to have at Lambeau Field either Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. Wow. So tonight's game, the late game, is Saints and Buccaneers. I think that'll be a heck of a game down in New Orleans. In the AFC, we have the Chiefs and the Browns on KMOX today. It's a 2.05 kickoff. Mitch Holtis and Dane and Hughes have the call. The pregame at 1 o'clock from Art Haynes. And the team that's waiting for the winner of this one is... Out of the gun is Lamar Jackson. Play clock at 5. Now 4. Now 3. Taps his foot, taps it again, takes the snap, drops back to pass, steps up in the pocket, throws to the end zone, it's intercepted! 
Intercepted by Johnson, who's going to come back on the near side to the 30. 35-40. Inside Ravens territory. He's got Jackson to beat to the 20. 10. Near side 5. Touchdown, Bills. A pick 6 of 100 yards. And this place is going crazy. The Bills are on top 16-3 with 41 seconds to play here in the third quarter. That was amazing. Because the initial part of the run was incredible. They baited him. Tom, they baited him. He thought he had Mark Andrews wide open against the zone. And Taron Johnson just undercut the route. He didn't see him at all. Back-to-back -back rough plays for Lamar Jackson, and now the Ravens are in major trouble. Terrific design by the Buffalo Bills. Extra point good, 17-3 Bills, and they win by that score. Tom McCarthy and Ross Tucker with the call there on Westwood 1, and exactly as they described, Andrews was the recipient, and Johnson jumped right in front of him, picked it off. Great run back. Just a great run back for the 101-yard touchdown, and the Bills beat the Ravens 17-3. So the Bills get into the AFC Championship for the first time in 27 years. And their fans are delirious right now, and they'll be taking on the winner of the Chiefs and Browns, which you will hear on KMOX at 2.05 today. And then we will actually carry the AFC Championship next week, regardless of who is in that football game. In the meantime, we have a lot to get to in the area of basketball as well. Mizzou gets a win, very nice win for them, on the road at Texas A&M. We're going to hear from Kobe Brown of the Tigers coming up here at the bottom of the hour at 10.30. And he wasn't the only one who had a great performance. Drew Smith had 15 points and a really nice game from Jeremiah Tillman. 14 points and 10 rebounds as the Tigers, who were off for 11 days due to COVID-19 protocols, go down to Texas A&M and beat the Aggies 68-52. Not a good game for Illinois, or at least not a good result. Ohio State's good. I mean, they're the 21st-ranked team in the country, but Illinois, you'd like to see them protect the home court. This was a very physical game, very chippy. There was a lot of talk going on back and forth between these two. In the second half, a technical was called on Ohio State's Dwayne Washington Jr. Officials had to step in many times to avoid fights between these two teams. And the Buckeyes on the road go to Illinois and win the game by a final of 87-81. Ohio State was missing a couple of guards, too. Uh, Io DeSumo had 22 points, but Illinois suffers its fifth loss of the year. They're now 9-5, and five, ranked 14th in the country. We'll see how that affects them in the standings. Shouldn't affect them too much in the AP Top 25, even though with five losses, they're all, I mean, this, this has been a, a really good basketball team. Uh, but they are 9-5. and five. And Ohio State's now 11 and 3. Missouri's ranked 17th in the country. SLU is 24, and we'll see what happens to them. It's not likely that they're going to play anytime soon, but they are starting to come back together after their long layoff due to COVID 19 protocol and quarantine. We'll hear from Travis Ford on the way at 10:45 about that. Next, Kobe Brown of the Tigers joins us to talk some basketball, and we'll update you also on what's happening in the Missouri Valley Conference with all of their basketball maneuvering, and they have a really good player at Missouri State named Isaiah Mosley. We'll tell you what he's done. That's on the way. But Kobe Brown is next. It's 1028. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Lots of baseball in the 11 o'clock hour. Join us today, 10 to 12, back in a moment. 
from KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Tom Ackerman with you. Mizzou beats Texas A&M 68-52 on the road yesterday. A terrific win for Missouri, improving to 8-2 overall and 2-2 two and two in conference. And joining us on the line is Mizzou forward Kobe Brown, who had a very nice game, nine points, five rebounds. He had an assist. He had a couple block shots and a whole lot more than that. Good morning, Kobe. Thank you for being with us on KMOX. Oh, no problem. Glad to be here. I appreciate you joining me. Coach Martin said of you that you played an extraordinary game on both sides of the ball. What's it like to hear that from your head coach, Conzo Martin? Oh, it's big. It's big. Um, it means a lot coming from Coach because Coach wants the best out of all of us. So just to know that I went out there and gave him my best is, is a good feeling. It was a, a heck of a game from a number of people. Jeremiah Tillman had 14 points and 10 rebounds, and Drew Smith led the way in the scoring category with 15 points. That's kind of the thing about your team, though. You never know uh, who's going right. to provide the scoring because there are a number of them who can get it done. Javon Pickett also in double figures, Kobe. He had 12. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 that's a big thing. Uh, that's the one thing I love about this team. You just, you, like you say, you never know who's going to have an on night or and, and who's going to do what. So it's a big, big aspect for our team. For sure. And you get the win. That's a really good win on a number of levels. First of all, it's on the road. Secondly, right. it's in conference. But third, and maybe most important, you did it after a long layoff. And what was that like to get yourself? Uh, you were removed from playing in competition, but you have to get yourself revved up again to, to go down and play an SEC game. Uh, yeah, well, you know, while, while out, uh, Coach had us doing, you know, workouts, and uh, we were training pretty hard. So we tried to stay in as best of shape as we could while we ran out. So we, we tried not to take too many days off and to just stay in the gym as much as we could. He's uh, definitely motivating you, and it's been a year where you've seen a lot of success. Of course, a couple of losses, which we noted. The one at Mississippi State's probably the toughest one to digest, although it's yeah. in the past, right? I mean, you just move on to the next game. But what what did you learn from that experience moving forward? Uh, we learned. We just oh, I learned. We just got to come out in the second half. Uh, you know, no matter how good or bad you play in the first half, the second half you got to come out and play uh, play your best game. You can't let up. Um, we just have to stay to what we're stay true to what we're good at, and you know trust trust our, our system and get the win. And the other loss was to Tennessee, who's proven to be a, a really good team. But you came back from that and rocked Arkansas. I mean, that was that was some performance there. I mean, that's yeah. that showed what that team's made of, right, Kobe? Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so uh, this team really is defined, I think, by if I'm going to define them in one word, I would say toughness. You know, that I think that they can score. I think that you can defend. Um, but it's it's about uh, the toughness inside. And a physical game would, would be how Missouri plays. How, how did you think yesterday went down from that standpoint, especially inside, really pushing them? I mean, you outscored the Aggies in the lane by 20. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, toughness is a big, uh, is a big thing Coach talks about a lot. Um, grit, having grit, and, you know, who wants it more? Uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest things for last game was, you know, to come out and try to out-rebound the other team and keep them off the glass as much as we could. So, you know, the fours and fives and even the, even the guards, uh, we just tried to, you know, do that and, and to get to all the 50-50 balls first, all the rebounds, and um, just try to win that category. 
Uh, you were uh, good in every category. I mean, you had, I mentioned the nine points and five rebounds. You had an assist. You had a couple of blocks. You knocked down a three. Pretty good day for you uh, across the board. And now, next up, uh, you get yourself together and you take on South Carolina on SEC Network Tuesday at 6 p.m. And then you go to Tennessee. But it's one game at a time in the SEC. This is not an easy conference, is it? No, sir. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, what what about uh, the game coming up against South Carolina? How do you see that? Uh, I feel like I haven't gotten, I haven't watched them much yet. Um, I'm sure we'll get in uh, some film in today on them. Uh, but I feel like as long as we're doing what we're supposed to do, it um, we should be able to play with anyone. Kobe, you are named uh, after Kobe Bryant, and part of that is uh, the fact that your father uh, did get to meet Kobe and and know him a bit. Uh, tell me how that uh, story came about. Uh, yeah, well, so so my dad was um, he was a high, he's been a high school coach for a while now, and one of his players was getting recruited by Kobe's dad. Uh, so he they went down to visit, and you know Kobe's dad took my dad to watch you know Kobe play in high school, and my dad loved his game and loved him as a person so, so much that he told his dad that you know if he ever had a son, he would name him after Kobe and. That's how my name came about. That's uh, that's uh, I, I love that. I, I love the story, and I love the fact that you're connected with Kobe Bryant. You know, and we're coming up on the anniversary of his tragic death, and um, it's it was heartbreaking, and still is. I still uh, get chills when I think about it, and the impact that he had as a human being on all of us. I mean, let's let's right. put aside the fact of what a phenomenal one of the greatest players to ever hold a basketball, but. I think we started to realize inside all of us what he had meant to us as a person. And you started hearing all these stories, Kobe, didn't you, about about him? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So what did he mean yeah, to you? Uh, he, he, was a, he, was a, he was a big role model in my life coming up and still is. Uh, I loved his mentality, the mama mentality, but more so I loved how he played the game with the chip on his shoulder. Uh how he felt like no one could stop him, how he was the best person on the court, no matter where he was, who he played against, or, you know, the score, anything. He just gave it his all, and and, and just he just stayed true to himself and played his game, and that's what I love the most about him. What are you enjoying about this Mizzou program overall? And uh, I know that, uh, you know, things are different right now, but it, it seems like not only is this team good, but it seems very close. And Conzo Martin yeah, has a team that he likes a lot, Kobe. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, my, my biggest thing, the biggest thing I enjoy about this team is, you know, we're all just really close. We're, we're, we're friends. We're uh, It's not just, a, you know, like a job or anything. We'll hang out on and off the court. So it's, we're all just, you know, friends playing the sport that we love. And that's our, that's our biggest thing. Right. I mean, there's no one person takes over the game necessarily. You've got so many contributors. However, I will say that we had Tilly on, what was that, James? A couple weeks ago, we had Jeremiah Tillman on. And um, when he gets it going, you guys are very, very tough to stop. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, Tilly's a big part of our team. He's a big part of what we do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I I really love watching you guys. Uh, everyone knows my uh, affinity for Conzo Martin. I've known him a long, long time. And uh, I'm excited for you. I know that it's just game by game. You you, you celebrate and you move on. But eight and two through ten games, pretty solid, Kobe. And a really really nice game for you yesterday against Texas A&M. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you joining me. Have a great day. No problem. You too. 
There's Kobe Brown from the University of Missouri. Uh, the Tigers are still a team to be very, very careful of. I mean, they will fight you for 40 minutes. And uh, are they the best team in the country? No. Are they the best team in this region? I think it's worth a debate. Who's better, SLU, Illinois, or Missouri? And for that matter, I would keep an eye on Missouri State. Uh, just my two cents here. You know, we talk about the Missouri Valley Conference, and I know Drake gets a lot of headlines. And I know that uh, Southern Illinois got off to a very nice start. But these Missouri State fans should be, pay very close attention to their team. Now, Drake is is 13-0, and and they're going to play Missouri State on Tuesday, January 26th in Springfield. Drake's one of just six unbeaten teams in Division One. Uh, but Missouri State is no joke. Now, they have a player, Isaiah Mosley. He's just one of three Valley players in the past 10 seasons to score 20 or more points in seven straight games. Think about that now. In the last decade, they've had just two other players in the league to score 20 or more in seven straight games. They are Doug McDermott of Creighton and D.J. Ballantyne of Evansville, who was an absolute scoring machine. But you know all about McDermott, who went on to play in the NBA. Isaiah Mosley of Missouri State, and this Missouri State team is really good. Gage Prim, their big man, is also a terrific player. Missouri State is 8-1 and one on the season, and they're going to be tough to deal with. So keep an eye on them, that's for sure. We'll take a break. I'll tell you another tough team, and that's SLU. The Billikens have been sitting there waiting and waiting to play a basketball game. They might have to wait a little bit longer. We'll get an update from Travis Ford next. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning. Well, we really appreciate his time. SLU coach Travis Ford. This has been some uh, couple of weeks for him at least. And coach... Thank you so much for being with us. How is everything with you and your team? Well, appreciate you having me on, Tom. It's, uh, you know, it's getting better each and every day. Um, you know, the main thing is everybody does feel good. We do feel healthy. Um, everybody is uh, slowly coming out of quarantine. You know, the strange thing for us was, you know, gosh, we our first couple of tests was, uh, you know, a little over two weeks ago, and then, you know, then we started getting positive tests day after day that extended for almost five to seven days of positives, and that's what's kept us out so long. Uh, it's been a, a strange ride, but hopefully we see a little bit of an end to uh, some of our guys, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting uh, getting this virus. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange virus, isn't it? I mean, it affects everybody differently. It does, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Luckily, again, most of our players, uh, and we had about 80% of our team who got it, uh, did not feel any symptoms or, or, or never really, uh, it never got serious in that manner. So we're very thankful for that uh, to this point. Uh, it did hit me pretty hard. You know, I, I went through it pretty, it was pretty tough. Um, you know, I had some uh, pretty rough days, but I'm feeling great now um, and just uh, hopefully uh, getting over it. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing better. That's uh, that not an easy thing to go through, that's for sure. And to hear that most of your players and staff uh, did not have to deal with symptoms is uh, is good to hear. And 
you had to follow the the guidelines. It's not just what the CDC says, uh, but you know the St. Louis City requires a 14 day quarantine, and then on top of that, SLU has its own protocol, right, about returning to practice, returning to games, returning to campus life. There's a lot that you have to follow, and it's not. It can. I think, like you said, it's it's like one quarantine on top of another, and you'd have to make sure that everybody is clear and safe. It is, Tom, and that's. You know, one thing you learn as you go through this is, you know, all the different protocols. And I've tried to talk to as many coaches, and there's been so many that have gone through it with their teams. You know, one thing, our protocols through the city, through the university, through the athletic department, are probably some of the strictest uh, that I've heard of, which is not a bad thing, which is a good thing. You know, our guys, if you're positive, you stay in 10 days. If you're negative and you contract trace, you're in for 14 days. Um and once you're positive and you get out for 10 days, you still have seven days after that before you can go through any live-action competition. So, again, that's what's taking us so long. We're still, you know, uh, you know, uh, probably a week, two weeks uh, from even playing a game because of protocols, not because our team doesn't feel good, not because, you know, uh, they're not, you know, we're out of quarantine, just because of the protocols that are in place. And as I understand it, you do have plenty of time still, though, to get all the games in required to get to the postseason, right? I mean, there's still there's still a minimum there, that you had to hit. There is. There's a minimum. The NCAA does have a minimum of 13. Um, I don't know at the end of the day how strict they're going to be on that. Uh, you saw them already in college football make exceptions for Ohio State. You know, some they had put some rules in place. Ohio State did not meet those rules. So they went back and changed them. Uh, yeah, as, been the Big Ten as an Indiana fan, I, I noticed that very quickly. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. Uh-huh. So we stand at obviously eight games right now, um, trying to get our 13 or more in, hopefully. Um, you know, but uh, again, I, I, I don't, there's no definitive answer to it, but I don't see us playing probably before that 26 game uh, at the earliest. There's a game on the, on the 23rd that uh, we would love to try to make. I just don't think it's going to be possible based on how long this is taking us to get back to everyone getting back to full practice. Yeah, that's a Saturday night game at home against St. Bonaventure. Before that, one of your former schools, UMass, uh, you had them scheduled for a Wednesday, January 20th, and we'll, of course, get the official notification from the Atlantic 10 and St. Louis University. But as the coach tells us, it doesn't appear that the 20 and 23rd would be possible. That 26th game would be against Dayton, and boy, would that be fun. I mean, I, I think all that's said, you still have to feel really good about your team. And that's that's the hard part about it, too, is that your team was playing some really good ball before all of this. No, no doubt. You know, we feel very good about the work that we've done thus far. I consider probably some of the best. You look at the numbers and you know, where we're ranked, uh, you know, what we've done thus far is considered one of the best in the country. Uh, now, with all that said, you know, again, we're in such uncharted territory. I have no idea how my players, again, when you got 80%, it's the most I've heard of any team. I don't know how they're going to respond to this virus. I don't know what it's done yet to their conditioning. Again, we're a little different in that, you know, all of our players were inside a small room for 10 to 14 days and did not come out. A lot of teams have been allowed after, you know, if you've been a negative test, uh, if you've had a negative test after three to four negative tests, they've allowed their teams to come out and do individual workouts, things like that, and they were able to stay in some sort of shape. 
we were not able to do that. We have been, you know, so our team is literally starting from scratch. We've not played a game since December 23rd. Mm. So with all that said, I don't know how we're going to respond. Do I think we'll get back to where we were before, uh, you know, we, we went into quarantine? I do think that, no question. I just don't know how long it's going to take. What were you able to do? Uh, I know when the Cardinals were quarantined, they had an app set up where they were able to communicate and try to keep everybody at least mentally you know, on target. Uh, how did you communicate with everybody, and, and were you able to review film? I mean, how, do, how does that work? How do you keep everybody kind of uh, on top of it? We did. We, uh, we kind of kept our normal practice time, which is usually 2 o'clock. And at 2 o'clock every day, we went through a big Zoom meeting, everybody on the Zoom. And each day we focused on something different within our team. It might be ball screen defense and ball screen offense. It might be blockout rebounding on, on the defensive end, offensive rebounding on the other end. And we'd show clips every day of different positives we'd had through those eight games, uh, set plays, situational things. Uh, a lot of things that uh, are important to our system. And then in every Zoom, we would review what had happened the night before in the A-10, show highlights within the uh, any game that was in the A-10, talk about teams, talk about individual players, because we still haven't played an A-10 game, and I want our players to be engaged in that because it is a different mentality when you hit conference play. And we haven't, you know, some teams already got six, seven games under, in their, under their belt in conference play. We have zero. So we try to keep them engaged in this competitive 8-10 play as much as we can. And then we would even review the NBA. We would talk about a few of the games and some things that we try to carry over that we show our players that NBA players do mostly about passing the ball. Uh, so it was, uh, it was some pretty in-depth uh, video work. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, that's really good. And and the players love watching the NBA. Having traveled with Mizzou a little bit, I, I noticed that. They, they love watching the game and, and learn a lot of things about the game from the professionals. And then for you, did you watch college basketball as a casual fan at all, or was it mostly just to scout your opponent's upcoming? Well, I did find myself watching it a little bit differently. Uh, you know, I watched obviously as many 8-10 games as I could, and you watch that to kind of scout. And then you watch other teams play, and you might pick up some offense or a quick play or something that you like they did an underneath-out-of-bounds play. And, you know, you're sitting uh, – I'm sitting in quarantine for 10 days, so uh, I had my pe- uh, pencil and pad beside me the whole time and uh, probably a little too much. I don't, want, I don't need to ch- – I don't need to put in a whole new offense, <laughs> but uh, I sure got enough uh, scribbles to, to put one in. Yeah, you never know what you're going to notice, right? You never you, – you yeah. might, something might catch your eye. Exactly right. I, it's uh, you know you uh, everybody's got a different way of doing things, and you can always learn. There's always something that might fit your team that you see on TV, and it doesn't hurt to put a couple things in. Um, you don't need to try to reinvent the wheel, but uh, it is. It's fun to try to look at what other people are doing and maybe see how it fits for your team. Well, all the best, everybody at SLU, and I know that you know we were excited yesterday. I was getting ready to call yesterday's game uh, for the women against Davidson and Lisa Stone's team, we found out on Friday wasn't going to be able to play that game because of uh, an issue on the Davidson side. So, you know, it's just that kind of year. It's just uh, you just hang with it. The good news is you have a great school to work with, I'll tell you that. Uh, Aren't they terrific, the St. Louis University leadership there? 
Yeah, they've been absolutely amazing through this whole process from, from day one as far as, you know, obviously keeping the priorities straight, keeping everybody safe and healthy as possible. Uh, there's no perfect way to do it, but they've done a great job of putting together guidelines, putting together protocols, doing the things that need to be done. Sometimes it requires, you know, spending money, doing whatever it takes to try to keep these young men and women healthy, everybody on this campus. And, uh, you know, it starts with our president, Fred Pistello, and our athletic director, Chris May. Uh, these guys have shown great leadership through this whole crazy situation. And like I said, it's something you don't plan for. And every day's a new day. Um, but they've done a great job of being patient through this. Uh, and leading us through it. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. All the best to you. Great to hear your voice, and uh, let's get you back on the court soon. And thank you, as always, for joining us on these Sundays. Thanks for having me, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Travis Ford with us. We'll come back next hour with some baseball talk. Daryl Strawberry, the Cardinals' winter warm-up, John Mosellock, and a preview of today's Chiefs-Browns game on KMOX. That's next hour. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.